This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. What's the biggest event, game, athlete, team, relationship, whatever it is in your life that disappointed you the most? I had a nice little date set up with a nice young lady. As we're on this date, I'm big on hygiene. Body odor, breath, nails done, every, hair, everything. I'm big on body, I'm big on hygiene, period. She's talking to me, and I noticed this stench. And I'm like, wow, that smells bad. Let me smell my own breath. And it's not my breath, it's her breath. So immediately I said, oh, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to overcome this one. But I was so looking forward to this, and maybe one thing could have led to another. But when I smelled that breath and it smelled like hard garbage, it really stopped right then and there. I hope my horrible ugliness won't be a distraction to you. Not at all, boy. Oh, we got those vibes. We got those pre-weekend vibes. Friday Vibes Day. Love Friday. Love Friday. Freddie and Harry, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. He is Harry Douglas. Checking in from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, ahead of the Crimson Tide and the LSU Tigers tomorrow night. I'm Randy Scott here in Bristol, Connecticut, holding down for Freddie Coleman, in for Freddie on his show. And you can join in the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. You heard the number in the rejoin. It's 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. In honor of this massive week in the NFL where one of these games might disappoint, what's the biggest event that disappointed you the most. If you got a non-sports event, relate to us on a human level. If you've got that, you're going to get to the front of the line. So call in the Dr. Pepper call-in line. For now, though, a game that looks like the crown jewel, the late slate to be sure, that's the Cowboys and the Eagles. What do you got, Devin? So, so Randy, hold on just a second. So we started off the show, me letting everyone know I'm in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Mm. and I'm in a hotel room doing the show right now, Mm -hmm. and that I was going to probably be loud. So I've I've, I've been loud the entire show. I had an opportunity to meet my next-door neighbor in the hotel, right? We had a nice little conversation, and I explained to her, hey, if I'm a little loud, just excuse me. I only have about, you know, two more hours of this. She was like, oh, no, you're fine. She said, we're just trying to get a key that works. I said, well, we good standing. So to my left side, I have a great neighbor in the hotel room right now. So that's yeah. that's cause for a celebration. We got to celebrate that. And a baby. I love it. Oh, I thought you were – man, I thought this was building toward like somebody came and yelled at you in, no. in between segments. Oh, okay, so we're still good. No, we're in good standings right now. Oh, I broke it down good. to her. She she understands if I get a little loud that I'm on radio. I was like, I'm on ESPN radio. Yeah. She was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, yep. So if you hear me get loud, just understand Listen, that's what it is. We've involved the people in this show, right? We had Donnie in Atlanta, and Donnie laid down a – Love Friday because he had the pipes. Does your next door neighbor want to be on ESPN Radio for facilitating, for being well, so cool, for not look, calling? Now look the front at you, desk. Randy. That, that can't come in this room, okay? You stop right there. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay, understood. Understood. Respect. Respect that. Respect that up and down. Okay, now, Cowboys, Eagles. <laughs> that is the crown jewel of this Friday afternoon because in the morning it's the it's the Chiefs and the Dolphins and they're you know over in Germany the one o'clock slate is mid but then in the afternoon it really jumps up and then we build up to the Bengals and the Bills at night but let's focus on the Cowboys let's focus on the Eagles I'm going to ask you if it's a must win I understand it's Week Nine but you look at the divisional standings if Dallas loses this one it gets away from them with a quickness and the Eagles are firmly in the driver's seat is it a must win? For Dallas. No, it's not a must win. And I'll tell you this, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, 
The reason why I said the San Francisco 49ers game earlier this year was a must-win is because that's the team they lost to the last two years when it came to the playoffs. That's the team that stopped their mission in competing and contending for an NFL championship, the Super Bowl, trying to win it, the Lombardi Trophy. When it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, when you look at Dak Prescott, the last few times he's played against them, he's 3-0. and he, He's done a nice job versus this team. But also – when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, they have four more divisional games. And one of those divisional games is also against the Philadelphia Eagles. And then when you look at Philly's schedule, their next six games, including the Dallas Cowboys this week, is murderer's row. When you look at the Cowboys this weekend at Kansas City, the Buffalo Bills, 49ers, Cowboys again, and then at Seattle against the Seattle Seahawks. So there's a lot of time for a lot of things. Do the Dallas Cowboys want to win this football game? Yes. Do they fan, do the, do their fan base want them to win the game? Mm-hmm. 100%. But I'm not going to sit up here and say it's a must win because in actual reality, you look at the Dallas Cowboys the last two seasons, they finished both seasons, what, 12 and 5? Okay. And then they didn't get past the second round. So I'm, I'm, we like to judge the Cowboys on everything that they do in the regular season. I'm taking it to the playoffs. I want to see what you're going to do when it comes playoff time. We know you're probably going to make it to the playoffs. That's what you've shown us the last two years, and your DNA within this football team says that you're probably projected to get to that point. What are you going to do when you get when you get there? So I think us in the media, we make it seem like a must-win for the Dallas Cowboys, but I don't think in actual reality it's a must-win for them. Dak last season missed all of the matchups against Jalen Hurts specifically. There was a late-season matchup with Gardner Minshew, so we've only seen these two quarterbacks go head-to-head once. It was Week 3 in 2021. They're both very different quarterbacks. Think of Jalen Hurts in 21. He he flirted with an MVP season a year ago, and here he is out, and he's got the Eagles to a 7-1 record. But Dak has had success against that team, against the Eagles. He's he's 3-0. In his last three starts against him, he's averaging more than 44 points a game, or at least the Cowboys are, but scoring better than 40 in each of those games. So the, the, the onus, it feels to me, is not on Dallas defensively. It feels like it's on Philadelphia defensively. How do they match up with Dak? How do they match up specifically here with C.D. Lamb, who has come into his own in 2023? When you look at him, Harry, what jumps out to you about C.D. Lamb? Well, I think the ability to be able to move around. The Dallas Cowboys move C.D. Lamb around across the formation now. He's not just in the slot. He can play the Z, which is normally to the tight end side. He can go into the slot. You can line him up in the backfield. Also, the last game against the Los Angeles Chargers, I mean, excuse me, against the Los Angeles Rams, they put C.D. Lamb as a single receiver, what we call the X receiver, right? So now it's a clearer picture because when you have a guy of his caliber as a single receiver, the defense, they kind of kind of tell you what they're doing a little bit to that side. Are they doubling C.D. Lamb? Is a safety over top? Are, are they going to leave him one-on-one with the corner? So now Dak Prescott understands where his reads need to be that much faster because of the pre-snap information of C.D. Lamb being aligned to the single uh, receiver side. They had Michael Gallup in that spot, which I don't know why, because Michael Gallup has not produced this season. Hasn't really been the same after tearing that ACL. So good riddings for Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott and company mm-hmm. recognizing that we got to put our best uh, offensive weapon to the single receiver side at times to dictate a lot of things and see if we can get him matched up. And then that's how actually, you know, the tight end Ferguson got his touchdown catch. You had a safety yeah. over over yeah. top of C.D. Lamb. Okay, Dak 
if that safety was going to come down, Dak was going to go to C.D. Lamb. If that safety stayed back and double-teamed C.D. Lamb, then you know right now if you're Dak Prescott, you can throw that ball with some air, and he made the perfect pass to Jake Ferguson for a touchdown. Dak is playing his best football in the last two years, quite, quite frankly. Last year he was too generous with the ball, and it's got folks in Dallas, especially coming off of that win over the Rams, not only not, not looking past Philly, to be sure, especially a game that's in Philadelphia, but thinking about – the postseason, thinking about the ceiling for this team, and that includes the man who signs the checks. This is Jerry Jones, and he's talking about how difficult it is to win a title. He's a Cowboys owner. Obviously, he's on 105.3, the fan in the Metroplex. Listen to what he had to say. This is today. Sports, sport, uh, sport, uh, the uh, rough times that you have with sport, everybody has it. Everybody, you can't really play unless you have some hard times. Uh, But it is the absolute glory hole to have that elusive win to be the champion um so that's uh that's that's jerry jones on 105.3 the fan talking about just how satisfying it is um to win uh, a championship which has been so elusive it's been you know the cowboys have just been on the edge uh, of it for so long um they really haven't gotten that close to be honest but it's been how many years? I mean, we got to go back to 1995, right? 28 years. Not, not 96. 28 years of chasing. A, I think it was the 95 season, 96. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Super Bowl. Of chasing, um, what did he, what was the phrase he used? It was something about glory, but he. Ultimate. Yeah, he was. it was just the ultimate oh. glory, I think is what he said. And then he stopped talking. <laughs> and then he just stopped talking. And it was just glory that he said that they were. That they were chasing in Dallas. I'll say, oh, I'll oh, say, oh, Jerry, boy, he never disappoints us, does he? Hey, what did he say? I want me some glory, ho. That's what he described. Thank you. Okay, I wasn't sure if I heard it right. <laughs> wasn't sure if I heard. I it want right. me some glory, ho. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yep. And he's of course oh. talking about. He's talking about. You hear that phrase and you think professional sports title. That's what you think, right? <laughs> but but I, was, Jerry I, was, say I would say this. For the Dallas Cowboys in, in, in this game, right, when you look at them defensively, they're going to have to stop the run. I'm pretty sure the Philadelphia Eagles, you know Michael Parsons is on the opposite side. You want to run at him. You want to try to minimize him as much as possible. And if you're also Dallas from a pass rush standpoint, you want to get to Jalen Hurts as much as possible. He's coming into this game, Jalen Hurts, that is, with a sore knee. And I think that knee is really bothering him more than he, he's actually saying or uh, talking about. I'm watching him trying to, you know, stop himself from running when he's running out of bounds, and it's it's a struggle for him. You see him wincing a little bit. So if I'm the Dallas Cowboys defensively, I want to get to Jalen Hurts as much as possible. But number one, you got to make sure you stop the run because that's how the Arizona Cardinals were able to beat you. That's how the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers were able to beat you with the run game, running right at you, playing bully ball. Bully ball. Bully ball. And it, I'll, looking at the rest of the NFC there is a reason for Dallas to think about the postseason already, to think about even moving beyond that into perhaps making the Super Bowl run. San Francisco doesn't scare anybody right now, okay? Minnesota it, it loses Kirk Cousins. I mean, the Giants in their own division, they were a playoff team. They're not a playoff team this year. It seems like it's Philly and everybody else and Dallas and, and Detroit. Detroit's made a statement, but yep. but Philadelphia is is the bully on the block. You know, you mentioned bully ball, and Dallas is trying to – you know, punch a bully square in the nose this week. Uh, let's get <laughs> – so the Dr. Pepper call in line. Is this the same Don in Virginia? Didn't we already talk to Don in Virginia? No, we got a different Don in Virginia. What are the odds? Calling in to 888-SAY-ESPN. That is the Dr. Pepper call in line. And Don is an Eagles fan. 
and wants to talk about the Cowboys. Don, you're on ESPN Radio. Yeah, hey, uh, real quick, guys. Um, yes, I agree with you. Uh, Hertz is, you know, running scared and hurt basically at this point. Um, but I do believe that when you consider the Eagles always play Dallas two times a year and season, and the last number of years, that last game of the season has been a giveaway game not needed by the Eagles. So when you're looking at statistics, you have to, you have to consider that source. It's like counting in uh, a preseason game. Now, in the current situation, yes, I think this is going to be a very, very good game, and Dallas does need to stop the Eagles' run because that's going to be the Eagles' ticket to, to uh, you know, like you said, bullying them down. And in a home game situation, that's what they're going to have to do to win this game. Yeah, that is definitely not the Don we talked to earlier. All right, yeah, Harry. Yeah, I I would also say this from the Philadelphia Eagles standpoint. You look at their offensive line, and we know it's the best in football. When you see your quarterback, Jalen Hurts, you know, hobbling around like that, Mm -hmm. it's another sense of pride. It goes to another level that you have that you want to protect your guy. Right, So just as bad as the Dallas Cowboys want to rush the passer and disrupt things and get to Jalen Hurts, especially with him having this knee injury, there's this, this spark on that offensive line that say, you know what, we can't allow them to get to our guy. And then also A.J. Brown, man, uh, when you look at the skill position players for the Philadelphia Eagles, you have Dallas Goddard, you have Devontae Smith, who had over 90 yards in his last matchup. You have an A.J. Brown who's playing like an MVP-type player across the entirety of the, uh, entirety of the National Football League. Right, So you have a ton of weapons from an offensive standpoint that the Dallas Cowboys have to deal with. That's why it's important for you to, number one, stop the run. Right. So so they can't be balanced. And then number two, so they don't steal possessions from you. That was one of the things that hurt the Miami Dolphins. Right. The Miami Dolphins went to go play the Philadelphia Eagles with 11 plus possessions in each football game. But it only Mm -hmm. got dropped down to eight when they played the Philadelphia Eagles because of the time of possession owned by Philly. Yeah, they can shrink the game with the best of them. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. It's not so much about the Bengals being back. The Bengals are back because their quarterback is back. I feel like the Bengals, Joe Burrow is getting healthier. They're finding that rhythm. They've started out slow in the past, so this is not a team that's going to panic when they get up to a 1-3 and three start. I believe in the Bengals. Uh, folks in Vegas believe in the Bengals as well. ESPN Bet has Cincinnati as a two-and-a-half point favorite on Sunday night football. It is the Bengals and the Bills. And I think maybe before you know we dive into the X's and O's in this one, Harry, like it, it, this is going to evoke a lot of memories from Week 17 last year when it was in Cincinnati, and, and that was when DeMar Hamlin uh, suffered his cardiac event on, on the field. And these two teams are going to be emotional when they face each other. So many of the key factors in that, including DeMar Hamlin, thank God, are going to be in attendance and are going to be uh, on the field. As for what we're going to see between the lines, uh, the quarterback plays elite. I mean, these are two of the best in the position, not only in the AFC, but certainly in the game, Harry. Do the Bills need Josh Allen to outplay Joe Burrow, perhaps more than since he needs Burrow to outplay Allen? 100%. 100%. Because you're going against a 
uh, I think the second best quarterback in the National Football League in Joe Burrow, right? He's back healthy now. We see him in the pocket being able to maneuver last week versus the San Francisco 49ers. We see him throwing the football to his number one target, Jamar Chase. We actually seen him after a quarterback run get up and smack his helmet and show excitement. Mm-hmm. So that lets you know that Joe Burrow's back and he's ready to go full throttle, right? So when I look at this Cincinnati team, he's going to get the ball. He and Joe Burrow's going to get the ball to the playmakers. So if you're Josh Allen, you're going to have to be able to keep up with your counterpart over there, Joe Burrow. You're going to have to show that, hey, you can go toe-to-toe with them as well and that you can make the plays necessary to be able to win this ball game. When it's uh, all said and done, it's going to have to be you, Josh Allen, that sets mm-hmm. the tone for the Buffalo Bills, but also make the proper plays and take care of the football versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Such a fine line to walk because you want Josh Allen to protect himself. You want to protect Josh Allen from himself. So they've dialed up fewer designed quarterback runs, but when you force a defense to respect that, Harry, it opens so much underneath. And, and you know, Stefan Dix can stretch a field and go over the middle. This is really a battle of two of the best receivers in this game, too, with Jamar Chase, who you know, not coincidentally has improved or had a better season as Joe has improved, but a defensive guy, Von Miller's forgotten more football <laughs> than will than I'll know. I know that. I mean, we had Sam Acho in here talking about his draft day and Von Miller was in that 2011 draft class and Miller, you guys had him yesterday on this show and he was talking about whether or not his quarterback, Josh Allen is an elite QB. Oh yeah, stop, man! Y'all watch the same games that we get. That we that we watch. He's an elite quarterback, top three quarterback. I mean, everybody see the same quarterback that I see. That's not always gonna be good. That's not always gonna be bad. But you know, it's, I, I love playing with Josh. You know, we have an opportunity to go out there and win every single game that we play in. That is a, a great feeling to have. He's had his struggles, but all quarterbacks do. You know, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, he just lost to the Denver Broncos. Right. So, <laughs> it's like you know, it's like every quarterback struggles at the beginning of the season. You know, Joe Burrow was struggling as well. All the top quarterbacks that you've mentioned have had losses this season. I'm riding with Josh, man, and whenever he steps out there, I feel like we have a chance to win the game, and that's, that's all I need to go out there and play my best football. Now, I, I would say this. When it comes to Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, and who they're facing defensively, Cincinnati Bengals defense have been doing a great job the last few weeks as well. Logan Wilson is playing at an all-time level, along with Jermaine Pratt, the linebacker, Cam, uh, Cam Taylor Britt in the secondary. He's really stepped up this year as well. So when it comes to the defense of Cincinnati versus the offense of Buffalo, I'm interested to see what Lou Anarumo is going to be dialing up, right? He seems in these big games to always have a flavor of the day, I like to call it, something that mm-hmm. you probably haven't seen previously, or he figures you out and – You have a guy in Mike Hilton who really, really, really had a good day last year in the playoffs against the Buffalo Bills. I remember him coming on the blitz and hitting Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen didn't even see him coming on the blitz. So there's a lot of, you know, dynamic things that, you know, Cincinnati can do defensively Mm -hmm. to try to confuse Buffalo um, from what they want to do from an offensive standpoint. You might think the pressure would be the key, but not for Josh Allen. He's been tremendous under pressure this season, leading the league in QBR and passing touchdowns. It's also been extremely difficult to bring down. Our folks at the Sports Information Group here at ESPN have him posting the second lowest sack rate in the league when he's pressured. Bengals are looking to you know, obviously change that up. They rank 12th in pressure rate this season, so it could be a battle of strength uh, v. strength. As for Cincinnati, I feel like the whole league, myself included, was rope-a-doped by the first three, four weeks. Joe Burrow's finally healthy. This offense is finally clicking. Are they officially back in your eyes, Harry? Um, I think they're they're getting there. I'm not going to say 100% officially. 
Um, I want to see them commit to Joe Mixon more, right? Joe Mixon is, is someone who can, you know, allow this offense to be a lot better than it has been this season. Um, I don't even know if Joe Mixon has surpassed 100 yards in a game this year yet. No, not yet. And I, and I think that's 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 imperative on where they want to be from an offensive standpoint at the end of the day. I'm still concerned about the tight end position because at some point that tight end position who was led by Hayden Hurst last year, the year before mm-hmm. C.J. Uzama, when their numbers were called, that guy was able to make plays. I haven't seen that from Irv Smith Jr. this year yet. All right, we're going to delve into the college game when we come back, as that is the nightcap on Sunday Night Football in Week 9 in the NFL. But for Saturday night in Tuscaloosa, what's the biggest factor in the tide avoiding a second straight upset loss to LSU? Harry is there in Tuscaloosa. He's boots on the ground. All that on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio after Harry has this word from Vivid Seats. Haven't been to an NFL game yet this year? Then what are you waiting for? Vivid Seats has your back for all your ticket needs. See every tackle, every touchdown, every play, live and in person with great deals on great seats. Plus, with Vivid Seats Rewards, you earn rewards with every purchase. They're here for us, fans. Trust me, I know. That's why they offer unbeatable rewards like surprise seat upgrades and free tickets and more. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Shout out Sonic Cell. All right, Freddie and Harry, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet us. He's at HDouglas83. I'm at Randy Scott ESPN. You can see me on SportsCenter AM tomorrow with Gary Streisky, 7 a.m. Eastern. I'm in for Freddie Coleman. Join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Tune in for college football action tomorrow night. USC hosting Washington Presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And uh, this may be, Harry, the last weekend that SC is ranked in the top 25. I, I Washington gets off the bus against this Trojan defense putting up 40 points. 
Yeah, uh, uh, most definitely because their defense couldn't stop a nosebleed if their life was depending on it. And I, I don't <laughs> understand how that continues to happen under Lincoln Riley. I understand he likes, you know, points and offensive things, but from a defensive perspective, if you ever want a chance to compete in the college football playoffs, you got to be able to stop people. You can't mm-hmm. just go out and outscore them. Now, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and I'm actually looking forward to watching Michael Penix Jr., who hasn't had the best – you know, last few weeks, but getting that offense back on track with those phenomenal skill position players, especially those receivers that he ha- that he has. Mm-hmm. When it comes to USC and Caleb Williams, I think a lot of people ask me what has been wrong with them. Well, number one, let's just say this: after you win the he- win the Heisman Trophy, it- it's a lot on your shoulders, right? That that's something in yeah. itself. Not saying that he's backing down from the challenge, but. Every game in that defense not being able to stop people, more is on his shoulders. You literally, if you're Caleb Williams, you're saying to yourself, I have to be Superman every game because I got to go toe-to-toe with my opponents every single time we're playing football games. That's not normal. Like, we know Caleb Williams is special, but to be Superman every time mm-hmm. that your offense has to be on the football field, that, it, that can't happen. But I, when you look at the landscape of college football, though, I think the team that, in my opinion – that can be on upset alert, not really an upset in my opinion because it's a rivalry game, is the Alabama Crimson Tide. And it's because of one person at the quarterback position for LSU, and that's Jaden Daniels, who's playing better than anybody at that position, passing the football and rushing the football. And I can't help but look at the matchup last year, which was won by LSU in overtime going for a two-point conversion. But it was a 25-yard touchdown run that gave him that touchdown. It was also the skill set of Jaden Daniels being able to roll to his right and find Mason Taylor for that two-point conversion. It was the ability for LSU on offense to not turn the football over and to be able to rush it effectively quarterback-wise. Jaden Daniels had 98 yards in that game. And then when I look at a wide receiver in Malik Neighbors, who is second on the, uh, in college football right now in receiving yards, and then you have Brian Thompson Jr., who had, who's tied for the most touchdowns receiving in college football. Those two guys, man, are, are 20 touchdowns combined and over 1,700 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a tough day for Alabama, but I think they have two people uh, th- that can get to the quarterback, Dallas Turner, number one, and Chris Braswell. Since that Texas game, those two guys have really stepped it up, especially Dallas T- Turner. They're going to have to be very efficient tomorrow here in Tuscaloosa. You go back to uh, you go back to Brian Thomas Jr. Eleven receiving touchdowns already, and this, this is just week ten in in college football. He's been amazing, perhaps overshadowed by Malik Neighbors. This jumps out to me, Malik Neighbors. If he gets nineteen receiving yards, and he will, maybe maybe even on his first reception, he's going to go over a thousand. He's going to have a thousand receiving yards in back to back seasons. And given all of the receiving talent that LSU has had in the last twenty three years since the turn of the century. There's been only one other receiver to do that in back-to-back years at LSU, 1,000 yards. It's not Justin Jefferson. It's not Jamar Chase. It's not Odell Beckham Jr. It's Josh Reed back in 2000 and 2001. That's how rare it is probably to stick around, but that's also how good Malik Neighbors is. And there is such an offensive discrepancy here. LSU averages better than 47 points per game and better than 550 yards per game. Alabama ranks in the bottom half of the SEC in both of those at 30 points per game and 367 yards per game. So there's a massive difference between those two. Elsewhere in the SEC HD, yeah. Georgia. Georgia has a frisky Missouri team. Missouri's 7-1. and one. 
People are kind of sleeping on the Tigers because they're in the SEC East and they're overshadowed by Georgia and Florida and them being in the East doesn't make any damn sense. But their go between the hedges, is Georgia in trouble on Saturday? They could be because of the offensive explosion led by Brady Cook at the uh, quarterback position for Missouri, right? Uh, Eli Drinkwitz was the play caller for this team previously, right? And he allowed someone else to take over those ranks this season, and it had, it's paid you know, huge dividends for this offense and what they've been able to do from an explosion standpoint and just being efficient. But you look at Luther Burden, the third, who's one of the top receivers in the country, a former five-star recruit who chose to go to Missouri. He's balling out. And then you also look at Theo Weiss, who's transferred from Oklahoma. But their running back, Schrader, man, has been efficient for them efficient for them as well. So it's across the board, their offense. It's not just one person. It's multiple guys being able to have that production this season. But I can't sit up here and not talk about Carson Beck and what he's meant to the Georgia Bulldogs. Stepping in for Stetson Bennett really has held his own. You look at the game he had against the Florida Gators last week, phenomenal throwing the football all, all over the place, 315 yards. Uh, but he's a person that can sneakily, in my opinion, creep into the Heisman race and potentially win it. You have a big matchup versus 14th ranked, uh, 12th ranked Missouri this week. You play number 10 Ole Miss next week and then mm-hmm. number 17 Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And then if you make it to the SEC championship game, you're probably going to play uh, Alabama or LSU, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So that will be another game that he could showcase his talents. He could sneakily creep in there and win the Heisman because all this would be done without Brock Bowers. So I think that's a plus in his book yeah. to be able to still put up numbers numbers against all those opponents uh, without one of the best players in college football. Here we were earlier in the season looking at Georgia and we're like, man, they're not playing anybody. How good are they really? And they were down at halftime four times. Like it was, there was a challenge for this Georgia Bulldogs team. And now we're going to learn. I mean, whether we want to, whether they want to or not, it's a gauntlet ahead as Harry just outlined that schedule. It's Freddie and Harry on ESPN radio and the ESPN app. Randy Scott in for Freddie Coleman, Harry Douglas down in Tuscaloosa. It's a massive matchup. It's a tough ticket to get in Tuscaloosa. It always is when LSU faces Alabama. And let's hope it's a great game tomorrow night. But what if it's not? What if it's a disappointment? What if one of these NFL games that we're highlighting, what if that's a disappointment? You travel all the way to Germany and it's a letdown. It's a letdown in Germany. So it got us thinking. What other letdowns have happened in your life? You call in, commiserate with us. And non-sports stories are going to get precedence, and they have bolded Nicholas in West Virginia. So, Nicholas, you're starting us off. You're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line on ESPN Radio. How are we doing, guys? Doing well. What's up, Nicholas? All right. Born and raised in West Virginia, diehard Mountaineer fan, bleed blue and gold, 2007. We match up against Pitt. We have Pat White, Steve Slayton, Noel Devine. We're going to curb stomp them and go on. A high state didn't want a part of us, and we lose 13 to 9. I cover Noel Devine at North Fort Myers High School. That dude was electric. Um, God, that West Virginia team was loaded. I think Pat McAfee was a punter back then, right? Wasn't he on that team? It's a good talk, man. We don't need to go well, on special well, teams. Well, I, I believe he was. See, so no, I, I, I was about... I was shouting out. I was shouting out our, our guy, our guy, our West Virginia fan, but he wasn't on the line anymore. He <laughs> didn't want to talk about it. But I, I know all about that Pat White, Steve Slayton thing because I went mm-hmm. to Louisville and I, we were all in the Big East together. And I remember in 2005, we go play West Virginia and we knock out their starting quarterback. And then next thing you know, Pat White comes in the game 
And that's where the whole Pat White and Steve Slayton dynamic duo began. And they came in. He came in and just ran all over us and beat us. We got them back in 2006. They were ranked third in the country. We were ranked fifth. And we played them on a Thursday night. And we got the best of them. Mm -hmm. But then the following week, we lose to Rutgers on a Thursday night. And Randy, thanks a lot. You being what? the the a-hole that you are, no. brought brought it up in, in the break. I did talking about some the kicker Edo <laughs> pointing at the camera for, for Rutgers and, and, and throwing salt in the womb for me. I forgot that it was against Louisville. Okay. I just remember the kicker stunting. Now I remember the kicker finding the sky cam on the cable and pointing at it. And I was like, man, you are you are feeling yourself here for a kicker, but that was fine. That was when Rutgers had the axe and Coach Shiano had it working. And Chop uh, Wood wasn't yep. Ray, wasn't Ray Rice the running back back then? Like, so it was Ray far, Rice. Far we're going, yeah. The McCourty twins, Brian Leonard as, oh. at the running back, a guy named Courtney Green, Tyquan Underwood. They had yeah. a lot of guys on on that Rutgers team that went on and play in the uh, National Football League. Our guy Willie calling on the Dr. Pepper calling line is calling from the Pacific Ocean, so we got to get to him before you know he just drifts away. Uh, Dobie Gray style. Willie, you're on ESPN Radio. Oh, I love you guys. We got to hear for Love Friday, some earth, wind, and fire devotion. Love Friday. Ooh, my biggest disappointment, I was devoted to Cheryl Taft in the sixth grade. I finally scored the date, my first date ever. Roller skating party after school. Let's go. Pedal my swim bike home, change into my best leisure suit. I'm rolling down the driveway. My three bully sisters grab me. Throw me on the ground and cover me from head to toe with Mom's Chanel number five. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm thinking, okay, this is bad. I hop on my bike. I'm paddling back to school. I'm like, that's not so bad. I don't smell nothing. I get back to the roller skating party. I walk in. I'm like, hey, what's that? This smells catching up with me. No. It's behind me. I stop walking. Now it's on me. Cheryl Tat takes one look at me. I'm looking good in my leisure suit. She smells me. She turned around, broke my heart disappointed ever since still can't smell chanel number five without getting sick and i still am devoted oh willie why would your sisters do that to you willie that's the yeah that's friendly fire that's no good man, man I'm you could have man you could have been over there eating candy and nachos with the young lady and everything because that's what y'all doing back in, in, in you know middle school sixth grade eating, yep yeah yep. eating candy you know and, and eating nachos and stuff like that god willie you know how hard it is to ride a bike while you're wearing roller skates too man that's a degree yeah. of difficulty that is off off the chain Man, I can't believe his sisters did that to him. That's not nice. That's that's and why do it? Like your your brothers are trying to get out of your hair, just trying to get out for the day and go throw on a leisure suit at age what we say twelve. He's in sixth grade. Yeah, sixth All grade, right. man. All right, do we have time for one more? We're we gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it, Dave. Keep it going, Shannon. What do you think? Let's do it. So, Dave, hang on. Jason, hang on. Harold, Bill in Florida. I can, I feel your pain. I know, I know what you want to talk about, Bill. And a reminder, tune in for college football action tomorrow night as Colorado hosts Oregon State. It's presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins 9.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We will continue with your calls, and we'll share a story so you can uh, commiserate with us. It's Harry Douglas, Randy Scott. It's Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. He's Harry Douglas at HDouglas83 on Twitter or X. <laughs> Got to know what you're doing, Randy. <laughs> I'm saying. We keep dancing like this, man. We're about to be on X as well. It's at you know Randy Scott ESPN. 
Join the conversation. Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. If you could see Harry Douglas, if you could see him chair dancing, he's in a hotel, you're in a courtyard <laughs> in Tuscaloosa, and you're putting on a performance. Well, just tell everybody where the hell I am, Randy. Yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Two lovely neighbors. He's at the La Quinta. He's at the La Quinta in... I'm at the Motel 6, Randy. Yes. <laughs> he's on all six of them. He's there. He's at the <laughs> drop in. 888. I know the dude drop in. You ever driven? Man, I drove one night. I, I'm, I Celine Dion did. I drove all night. I drove from Chicago to Fort Lauderdale all the way through. I saw Man. every chain of hotel. I saw a Drury Inn. I felt like Cat Williams. I was like, Drury. When I drove right by it, I had not seen a Drury Inn before, but there it was. 888 State ESPN, 888 Now, it's a positive. It's a love Friday, Harry, but we're going negative with this question that we're asking people. What is the biggest event in your life that disappointed you the most? And we want non-sports. We got plenty of sports, but we want non-sports. So Harold in Arizona is going to lead us off. Harold has been waiting patiently. He's got (laughs) non-sports. Harold, I see this. I see this on the screen. Harold, you're on ESPN Radio. Yep. What's up, Harry? Harry and Randy, can you hear me? How you doing? Yes, sir. We can hear you, boss man. I'm doing fantastic. Let me tell you about my Karen in 1977. Southmore High School, here at Southmore High School. She had some nice cantaloupes on her. You know, I just want to kiss and rub on the cantaloupes a little bit. She wants to take it a little further. I wasn't there yet. So she ended up telling me it's over. I went home, probably cried a little bit, but my butt, I stayed in the house all, all the time. I was like, what's wrong with you? I said, that, she said, that girl broke your heart. I said, yes, yeah, she did. She said, get over that. Go on back outside and play and enjoy enjoy yourself. Well, I got a message for Karen. This summer I celebrate my 35th wedding anniversary, Karen. That, that was on the west side of Chicago. Karen, you missed out, baby. <laughs> oh! Oh! Yeah. Go ahead, Harold. That is the best revenge. A life well lived. Shame on Karen trying to make you move faster than you wanted to move. Right. She's worked in a grocery store, in the produce department. I think it was this. What you, section? You're you, you trying to take it slow and Karen trying to make you move fast. Yeah. Trying to speed you up, speed you up. You did the right thing. Yep. Go through your Stay progressions. Stay away from her. And now you got a good woman for 35 years, yeah. Harold. 35 years. 35 Produ- years. Produce work's not easy work. Produce work is difficult. It's backbreaking work. So, Karen, we appreciate you. Especially when you're dealing with cantaloupes. That's just, that's just <laughs> it. Dave, whoa, Dave? Dave? Dave in North Carolina did what? Dave, you're on ESPN Radio. Explain yourself, sir. All right, so a little bit of clickbait here. Y'all got me, guys? Got you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, the most disappointing part was uh, the day my daughter was born. That's the clickbait part. What? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we go to the hospital, and everything's going good. Uh, nurse comes in. She was like, okay, yeah, we're ready to bring the doctor in. And I'm like, okay, I prepared for this. Like, I'm going to be, like, this supportive husband, dad, like, breathe, breathe, push, breathe, hold your hand, all that. Doctor comes in, two minutes, baby's out. <laughs> and I'm like, what what did I prepare for? Like, I hear all these six, eight, nine hours of labor, and I'm like two minutes, and like, okay, yeah, here's my daughter. 
he's he's mad he's mad at his wife yeah. for the baby coming out she's, in two minutes. She's too much of a pro. That's it. She was too good at it. He wanted six hours of tough labor. Yeah. Yeah. We he wanted to, her to earn it. Come on now. I know. A greater appreciation for it. You have to work for it. I will say this, man. When that baby comes out and they got the cone head and they look like an alien and their face is all scrunched up and you're like, I have to love this. I have to. And well, I will. And I will. But right away, just looking, you're like, whoa, that I'm not. I was well, not prepared. News, I was not news, prepared for this. News flash, Randy. Yeah. Um. That's not normally black babies to have those cold heads and look like that. No, it's different. No, no, yeah, it's different, buddy. Man, I'm learning so much. <laughs> I'm learning so much culturally here. I mean, I'll in 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 goodness. Oh, the work that you have to do. <laughs> I remember. I remember. Like we're at a nice hospital, and it's in the Boston area. There's leading medicals, all this other stuff. We're like with a nice hospital. I'm thinking my whole thing's gonna be ice chips, and then it gets down to business, and they go, "Dad, grab a leg," and I was like, "For what?" Whoa. And they, they were like, grab a leg, Dad. And I was like, okay. And suddenly it's like we're on the Oregon Trail. It was like it was like, <laughs> like bite on a leather strap. I'm holding a leg. Like, what? What are we doing? I it's an it. overshare. Is it also an overshare Friday? It might be. It might be. <laughs> the Dolphins' Tyreek Hill says the Chiefs are going to get this work on a love Friday. It's Freddie and Harry, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.